handoff to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Hughes hole. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Pater. And a one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Cody Felger, Derek Larger here with you. And guys, we already did a video. Andrew Thomason and I did a video a couple days ago, kind of looking at the Colts defense, right? And we asked the question, what do the Colts have to do in order to go from a pretty good defense, right? A top 10 defense to maybe a top five defense or what we would call a great defense. And so Thought we'd do the same thing here with this Colts offense. We can say kind of a similar thing because I feel like the Colts defense and Colts offense were kind of ranked pretty similarly, right? Around the same rank here. The Colts finished with the 10th best offense here in 2020. And we got to ask, okay, what's it going to take for the Colts to go into the top 10, potentially to the top five? What needs to happen in order for the Indianapolis Colts to do that? So, Derek, we can start here with the Colts passing offense. Pull up a little bit of stats here for this offense. I mentioned they were the 11th ranked offense in terms of passing last year. And, uh, you know, pretty good rankings all the way around if you look at it. You know, I would say the things that stand out, though, the Colts weren't the great that great at passing touchdowns, right? They only finished with 24. They actually allowed 24 as well, which is very interesting. That's 22nd in the league for how many touchdowns passing that they had. So there were some things the Colts were pretty good at, right? They, they, they were only ninth in interceptions. They were pretty good in yards per attempt. But there were still some things that they needed to clean up, right? And, we, and when also looking at the Colts vertically, they were one of the not the greatest teams. Like for a playoff team, they were probably the, one of the worst teams. And just in the league, they were one of the worst teams in vertical big plays, right, down mm -hmm. the field. What do you think the Colts need to do in order to clean up some things on this passing offense that, admittedly, with Philip Rivers, was pretty good but wasn't great? Well, I mean, there is something that the Colts need to ensure that they continue to keep doing in order to make sure that this passing attack has some flexibility to it, and that is to make sure Carson Wentz is still feeding the underneath pass to guys like Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack on those screens and other things like that, because, you know, I think Zach Hicks has brought this up quite a bit when watching a lot of Carson Wentz film, you know, doesn't quite often make the smart decision, you know, especially last year. That was not a, that wasn't something that we did a lot. You know, Phillip rivers, a lot of times was the one that was throwing the underneath pass, let Naheem Hines and those boys do the rest of the work with their feet. But, you know, Carson Wentz with his gunslinging mentality has that habit of passing up on the easy one that'll get you six, seven yards, and instead we'll try to go with the 50-yard bomb when it shouldn't be that way. But, like you said, the vertical, the vertical passing game really does have to get a whole lot better. I mean, just basically more efficient, right? You have uh, – and that's – also on the receivers to step up. We know Carson Wentz is going to throw those. But, you know, Michael Pittman for as big as he is. I want to see Michael Pittman actually be utilized on passes further than 20 yards down the field. I want to see a few of the Paris Campbell uh, 
dump passes all the way down the field where he just outruns his corner, right? I want to see the classic T.Y. Hilton in the middle of the field going on that little faded vertical route that he does so well. I want to see some of those. You know, if we can continue to do that, I think the Colts got better late in the season at doing stuff like that because T.Y. Hilton really started waking up. And basically, the the simplest thing I can also say, you know, in regards to this off- this passing offense getting better, is just don't start off slow like we did last year. You know, the yardage was there, right? But, I mean, overall, the effectiveness of the rush of the passing offense was not very great in regards to, you know, scoring touchdowns and throwing interceptions early on, you know, it's but the whole offense in general for the Colts was very slow to start out. You know, the run game wasn't very solid. The passing game struggled here and there at, cre- at creating touchdowns. You know, you want to see more big plays happen. And, and if the Colts are able to do that more consistently and at the start of the season, then the Colts will have a better start with their passing offense this year than they did last year. Yeah, it's like it was good, and I think I, I like what you said there. Like Carson Wentz has to do from you know the under under route, you know perspective here, right? How Philip Rivers did it, he has to be good in that as well, right? And he has to basically do what Philip Rivers did, but also continue to do what he does in terms of pushing the ball down the field. And if he can do that, if he can you know do what Philip Rivers did, we already know how much he can. He wants to and can throw the ball down the field. So I think that is what I need to see from Carson Wentz is can he do the routine things well? If he can do what Phillip Rivers did and then he offers that element of the deep game, I mean this offense is going to be completely transformed from what it was this last season. But that is the big question with Carson Wentz. And it was interesting you brought up T.Y. Hilton because I was actually watching a little bit of his, of his play from this last season. And I was just amazed at how many times, really, <laughs> Philip Rivers just threw it to him five, six yards down the field. And and it, there really wasn't a whole lot, like you said, of deep ball type of things. Like T.Y. Hilton's bread and butter, or it's been, there wasn't a whole lot of that until you know the second half of the season, really near the end of the season, the Colts started to get a little bit more on that. And I think that's just simply the limitations you have at quarterback mm-hmm. with Philip Rivers, right? We've talked about this to death, how much Philip Rivers – as good as he was, and we say he was really good. He was probably one of the better quarterbacks in the second half of the season. Oh, yeah. But that always was in the back of your mind, right? How limited your, you were because of his immobility, his age, and really a little bit of lack of arm strength, at least compared to Carson Wentz. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. Yeah. And then you look at this Colts running game. It's interesting. You mentioned it a little bit. They really struggled to start the season. I mean – Jonathan Taylor really, really struggled after Marlon Mack went down in week one. I mean, he didn't have over 90 yards for pretty much – he had one game against the Minnesota Vikings where he had 100-plus yards, right? But other than that, really up to you know midseason, he didn't even come close to that. He was struggling. He got benched last year for Jordan Wilkins. Like, mm-hmm. that was how bad it was at one point for Jonathan Taylor – and then obviously you look what happened. He really came on, was one of the best running backs in the league. Besides Derrick Henry, second half of the season, he probably was the best back in the league. Finished his third overall in the league in rushing. And the Colts offense, from statistically, it looks pretty good, right? They're 11th as well 
in terms of, of rushing the football. And Jonathan Taylor finishes with 11 rushing touchdowns. So on the outside, that looks really, really good for a full season. But then you factor in how much Jonathan Taylor struggled in the first half of the season. And you got to wonder how much better this Colts rushing offense could potentially be this next season. But what do you think the Colts need to do in order to make sure that that first half of the season rushing doesn't happen again here in 2021? Well, the first thing, if you're talking about how slow it started, it, we harped so much on what was the actual issue as to why the rushing game didn't get started the way it wanted was because of the offensive line. I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. The offensive line was terrible for the first seven weeks of the season. They were not that good. I mean, even Big Q, who, the, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman in football, was not playing up to his usual bully standards. You know, that's not the, what he was doing. And Ryan Kelly had a bunch of games where he was consistently missing blocks, and Costanzo wasn't playing at an elite level. And ironically enough, it had a saying in the first couple weeks of the season that Mark Lewinsky and Braden Smith were the best two offensive linemen on the roster the first couple weeks of the season. Like, when have we ever said that? When all this offensive line came together in 2018, when was the only time that we said the right side of the offensive line was the best side of the line on the on this team? We've never said that, except for the first couple weeks of the 2020 season, because uh, compared to Big Q, Ryan Kelly, and Anthony Costanzo's standards, they were not playing very well. And that's why we got stuffed several times at the red in the red zone against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's why we couldn't run the ball efficiently against Detroit and a couple other teams that shouldn't have stopped us the way they did. And then finally, when we played Tennessee on the road, we finally just decided to start being the bullies that we actually can be, and then we're able to run the ball the way we wanted. And on top of that, like you said, Jonathan Taylor, he was a rookie, didn't have an offseason, didn't have a chance to really get accustomed to the game, and because of that, he struggled. He second-guessed himself all the time. He wasn't quick in his reactions. He wasn't reading the offensive line very well. And it cost him. It basically cost him his spot for a couple weeks. Then when the game started to slow down, he finally figured it out. So it all just comes down again to just executing at the start of the season. It comes down to it again. We said it with the wide receivers. The wide receivers were dropping a lot of balls early. The, the running backs and the offensive line, they just can't miss blocks and they can't miss reads. They can't second guess themselves. You just have to go with your first instinct. And if you're able to do that, then this offense is going to be so much better running the football. And on top of that, you now have Marlon Mack coming back. He's not injured. You hope to keep it that way for multiple weeks into the season. And you have three very good running backs back there who can all run the rock really well. Mm. You mentioned Jonathan Taylor. I want to touch on him, go back there and touch on him. You mentioned no really off season, no OTAs. And he wasn't supposed to be the guy starting, right? Yeah. All these things factored in to Jonathan Taylor's slow start, right? The offensive mm -hmm. line didn't know how Taylor ran. And I think that's a part of it too, is just mm -hmm. he has a different running style than Marlon Mack. And it's going to take some time. And not to mention, Colts didn't have any preseason games to get iron some of the kinks out, right? The, all these things that we take for granted every single year, mm -hmm. the Colts didn't have last year. And I do wonder if that was in part why the offensive line struggled early on was because of those factors, was just because they weren't together 
They didn't really understand his running style yet. Jonathan Taylor had things he needed to learn. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, now that they're all together, now that they understand a little bit more, and you know, hopefully you have an offensive tackle when Eric Fisher gets back that's going to be a top-10 offensive tackle, all those things will factor in to the Colts having a really – really improved running game consistently wise right now yeah. we think maybe the passing offense will maybe i don't know if the yardage will stay the same or if it'll go down we'll see obviously with with how the colts run the football and we'll see obviously how they split up the snaps with you mentioned the three guys that you really feel good about and you can even throw jordan wilkins in there because he's had some solid times there i mean if you remember a couple years ago jordan wilkins was like leading the league and rushing yards per attempt so yeah. he's no slouch either I think all those factors, if they can stay healthy, and this, if this offensive line can build off of that second half of the season, we know how capable they are. If they can continue to build off of that, and guys like Braden Smith was phenomenal last year, if he can continue to improve and continue to cement himself as a top-five offensive tackle, and Ryan Kelly can, can continue to do what he does, big Q as well, and all that stuff, I think this Colts offense has a real good chance to some, it's crazy to think about, but even be better than they were in 2020. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were still they were a top 10 offense by all stats, right? Yes, they were. I think they were ninth overall in points scored. So like they were a good offense. But if those things can happen, if Wentz can get back to form, if the Colts can run the football like they did in the second half of the season. If they can get Eric Fisher back, I firmly believe that they are going to be right in the conversation for the be- one of the best offenses in the league. I think there's no question in my mind. Now, there's a lot of factors, and it seems like every year there's something that we think might go well that doesn't end up going as well as we hoped, mm-hmm. right? But there's a lot less questions for this Colts offense, I would say, than even last year, um, especially with now the Colts having a full offseason to really be together and really, you know, Obviously, Carolina's coming to town for training camp. Spar with another team. Get some preseason action. All this stuff's going to be huge for this team coming together. And, you know, maybe they'll start off a little bit slow. Hopefully not. But if they do, they'll have more experience together. And hopefully it won't be a first half of the season type of thing. Maybe it'll be only a couple games. We'll see, obviously, what happens. Maybe the Colts, it won't even happen, right? You never know. But I think for those reasons, this Colts offense has a really legitimate chance, man. I would argue even better than the defense to go from good to great. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, and it all depends on Carson Wentz and, you know, it depends on the injuries. Hopefully we don't have two of our, uh, two of our offensive players go down for the entire season in the first two weeks this time, right? You lose your number one running back and you lose your number four wide receiver, all in the span of a week and a half. I mean, that's really, really rough. Hopefully this time around, we can wait until a little bit later in the season to deal with a few small little injuries. Hopefully that's the case. Uh, We just had a really bad case of it last year, but the Colts were able to bounce back and they were able to figure it out and they were able to make adjustments. I hope that Coach Reich is able to, now that he has, and now this year as well, now that he has another quarterback that he's familiar with, Hopefully they're able to make even more adjustments on the road and be able to do that because, you know, the Colts early schedule, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. And with this rushing attack, this rushing attack needs to go uh, at a hundred percent in order to be able to keep this team in some of these games. 
Mm. And hopefully the depth, man, just just really continues to shine this season mm-hmm. with how much the Colts have addressed mm-hmm. it with their offensive tackle, just their offensive line in general, with bringing back Marlon Mack. Hopefully this offensive line and just this depth in general can really help this team a lot more in 2021, which I think is another reason for optimism why potentially they, they will be better is just because they have so much more depth as an offense. But yes. All right, guys, I think that'll do it at our look at this Colts offense, how we believe it can be better than it was in 2020. Let us know what you think of our argument. Let us know what you think of our points. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know in the comments below, but that'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, go Colts. Yeah.